0: Hey, before we begin, as you might have heard, we're all gearing up for this weekend's debut of The Last Dance, that 10-part documentary series about Michael Jordan and the 1990s Bulls. If you want to get yourself prepared for it, we've got a number of podcasts that can help you out. In the most recent episode of The Low Post, Zach Lowe and Mike Breen discussed Michael Jordan's dominance over those Knicks. Just good to hear Mike Breen's voice again. And how about the Woj Pod? In Woj's most recent pod, he talks with Patrick Ewing about what it was like to play against Michael Jordan. There's a lot going on here at ESPN Podcast, and if you want to get involved in the conversation, be sure to subscribe and listen to shows like The Low Post and The Woj Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to leave them a review and let them know how they're doing. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA we're recording this on Wednesday night, which, had the calendar been unaffected, would have been the last day of the NBA regular season. Sad. Um Yeah. odd. Which means that uh, tomorrow, is it tomorrow they want it, but I guess they give us till Friday usually, but they browbeat us, um, typically. They want our awards ballots. Um, so typically, we would be filling out our awards ballots. Um, no ballots in the mailbox uh this year but um since we're at the spot we th- we thought we would maybe oh by the way a team you know this it's midweek jackie mack in uh, boston tim mcmahon in dallas hello i wanted to say How hi, you, hi to you guys before yeah thanks for giving on.
1: us just a second to shine there i mean geez oh <laughs> uh,
0: um so i thought we would uh sort of fill out our ballot as it were um, and pretend we were actually voting. I, I think, for the most part, um, I was. You know, you never know what would have happened in the last month, but I was for the most part. I think the major awards were settled. The um, we're not going to do the All NBA team because I I think that's that's really predicated on who makes the playoffs and stuff like that. So we'll save that for when the season is completed. Um, but I thought we would start off with Rookie of the Year. And we will go to Band McMahon to hear what you thought of Rookie of the Year, year Ballot.
1: I mean, to me, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. And, you know, as great as Zion was, he did not have nearly enough. Uh, he didn't play enough. He didn't play enough to, to make this a, a difficult decision. It, it's John Morant. And it's, I don't really see much room for debate.
0: But, well, so you, you had well, who would you put second? Zion, you put second?
1: Yeah, probably, just because, I mean, Zion was so spectacular in, in his small sample size. You know, third might be another Grizzly. Might be Brandon Clark. Oh, um, uh, no, you Kendrick
2: know, Nunn. You're forgetting Kendrick saying,
1: Nunn. You know what, though? Kendrick Nunn to me, I, I, I hear you. Technically, he's, he's uh, a rookie of the year candidate. Technically, he's a rookie but I don't know, man. To me, there's a big asterisk. Number one, he, he played a full year in the G League. So, so what? I know. Number two, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's any. I know I saw Kendrick Nunn saying he should be the guy, he's on a playoff team. Well, A, so is John Morant. B, John Morant was the best player on a team that be he headed to the playoffs. He didn't play with two all stars. Um, so, you know, if you want to throw Kendrick Nunn in the, uh, honorable mention discussion, I'm fine with that. But as far as, uh, you know, putting him side to side with John Morant, he'd he'd get, you know, John Morant would jump over his head, and unlike with Kevin Love, dunk on him.
2: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Well, I'm not arguing that he should be Rookie of the Year. I'm just saying that I think he is a viable candidate, played really well for a a, a team that was, I think, fair enough to say somewhat surprising. Mm -hmm. You know, he he averaged almost 30 minutes a game, 15 points a game. You know, he he, he was – Decent three-point shooter, but he, 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 he was just important to them. I, I I don't think he's a throwaway candidate. But, I mean, John Morant's my choice as well. I, I don't imagine there's much debate among any of us for that particular award.
0: Yeah, you know, when um, – two years – it was it three years ago, whatever it was, um, when Malcolm Brogdon won the MVP, I voted for uh, Joel and – rookie, rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm sorry, not MVP, Rookie of the Year. Jeez. Um, I voted for Joel Embiid even though I think he only played 31 games because mm-hmm. I just felt like he had, he had demonstrated to me that he was the best player. And nothing against Malcolm Brogdon, but part of it was, uh, you know, the competition wasn't as difficult. In, this, in a different scenario, uh, I could have seen myself voting for Zion, believe it or not, even at, um, at just 19 games. Uh, like, like if, if that was that year where the other option was Malcolm Brogdon, again, no offense to him. Right, I uh, I think I would, I think I could have voted for him. Um, but the the fact is, is that Ja was just so terrific. And go back through the history of the great all time rookies.
1: Yeah, special rookie point guards.
0: Most of the time, they don't affect their teams that much. Um, even LeBron as a rookie, I mean, he lifted the team up to. Respectability, but they were not a playoff team. It is very rare for a rookie to affect change, so much fast change in a team's outcomes. And I think that Jod did. Don't and, forget Larry Bird, dude. Well,
1: well, because, well I, I mean,
0: you're
2: going back 35 years or 40 years. I guess 40 years, right? Yeah, but he had years? like the biggest single turnaround in a record, as it were.
0: Well, I, I actually went back and looked at it. Um, so Zion, I believe, is averaging the most points of any rookie, granted it was 19 games, uh, since Allen Iverson. Mm. So just on his sheer scoring ability, not that I just want to talk about total scoring, um, but you know his, his scoring numbers were better than LeBron's. Um, and he did it on 15 shots a game. It wasn't like they were running the offense through him. Um and so uh you know, he also shot forty six percent on threes. Most of it was in that first game. He didn't make that many. Yeah, that but, was funny. um <laughs> that's a little bit of a skewed stat. No kidding. But I was so I am so, so high on him. So and also I would put uh Kendrick Nunn third on my ballot. Um uh you know, Brandon Clark I think uh has yeah, been terrific. Be. Yeah. Brandon Clark could get some six man votes, which Absolutely. Um, we might as well do next here. So
2: um, sixth man of the year, uh, Jackie, mm-hmm. why don't you uh, take the lead on this one? I think there were some good choices, um, but I would went with Montres Harrell from the Clippers, who I just think affected the winning on that team in a significant way, m- multiple ways. I will tell you that Dennis Schroeder was my runner-up
0: yes. and
2: a, a ver- an excellent choice, and I wouldn't be mad if someone else voted for him. Um, and it's not – I want I want people to understand this is not Lou Williams' fatigue. That's not why. It's really that Montrezl Harrell, I think, had a bigger impact this year with the Clippers. You could have made arguments for Drogit. an interesting thing, right? Because mm-hmm. um, never been a sixth man and, and, again, impacted winning. And if you wanted to, Clark and even Derek Rose. Those would be the names that came to mind. I don't know if you guys have anybody additional that I didn't mention.
1: Uh, Bertans.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, I
1: mean, he, 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 I, I agree. Harold would be my guy. Shrewd would be second on my ballot. I might have Lou Williams third on my ballot, and that's the whole weird, you know, can a seventh man, who's sixth man, who's whatever. They're We're talking about, you know, it's basically the best bench players in the league. Uh, did, did, you mentioned Dragic? I did. Gordon yep. Dragic, yeah. Dragic and, 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 and Bertons and, uh, and Jordan Clarkson, I think, is at least worthy of, of mention especially for what he did when he got to Utah.
2: Yeah, but it tailed off a bit, yes?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah he's uh, – he's, <laughs> although i got to say that Jordan Clarkson and Lou Williams are cut from the same cloth. It if sure. I was Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> I would say if I had a career like Lou Williams, I would be very happy because yeah. Lou has been around a long time. He's scored a lot of points and made some pretty good money um, just being an off-the-bench gunner. And he, you know, and that's, that's what Jordan Clarkson is in this league. And um, – He's going to be a free agent. We'll see. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens there. Is um, up? By Shrew, the way,
1: Is Shrewd up? What's his uh, status? I, good I question. Think I, think he's got another year, possible. but let me double-check that. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, he, didn't, he wasn't a six-man for long enough, and he wasn't happy as a six-man, but Buddy Heald was really good as a six-man. Yeah, he was. <laughs> You know, and yeah, so I don't let, know what the threshold is uh, for. That. Uh, 20, 20 um, games isn't he? he Shooter has a year left, games. Jackie. A year, a year left. left. Okay, 15 thank 15 you. Line. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, a year left. Where I mean, dude, what a great deal for the Thunder to yeah. dump Carmelo Anthony's contract. Uh, they they did give up a, a protective first rounder. I think it, what is it, twenty twenty two. To the uh, to the Hawks, but to get off that contract, and man, Dennis Schroeder was a guy the Hawks were looking to get rid of, and obviously he wasn't going to fit with with Trey Young. But he's been really good for OKC. I'll
2: but, tell you know what, I, I hated salty, that trade though. Right, he's a salty I, dude. They controlled him pretty well. Billy Donovan deserves some credit because he can be real salty and cause problems. In yeah, the room. and he
1: did and, and had him embrace. You know, he embraced the bench role. You know, it's one of those things where he wasn't going to embrace a bench role with the franchise that draft him, but. New team, new scenario. Man, he's been good.
0: I did not like that trade when it happened for um, for Oklahoma City, and Schroeder. Um, you know, he had he had just ran into some off court problems yep. at the time, and uh, he had been really a a problem there. He had sort of dragged the team down uh, at times. And I remember, I I kind of got told by let's just say somebody close to the situation. Look, it wasn't like there was fifteen teams willing to make that deal for Carmelo, and uh, and you know we were going to have to attach a first round pick no matter what, and to get back a player who could be in our rotation at all would have been a plus for us, and we got a guy that we liked. Um, But you know, Schroeder is averaging a career high in field goal percentage and three point percentage. Yeah, almost thirty nine percent, right from threes, I think. Yeah, thirty eight. And um, he's second is um, second uh, highest in, in points. And the thing that Billy Donovan has done is been able to play those three guys together, uh, the right. three uh, guards together: Shea, Giannis, Alexander, Chris Paul, and Dennis Schroeder. And that's been really effective. But well, so no, really, I really effective uh,
1: is an understatement. It's been statistically the best yeah. lineup in basketball, and it's their it's their closing lineup. It's a huge reason that OKC has been the best clutch team in the league.
0: So. Um I gave strong consideration to Schroeder, uh, especially since I kind of feel like I've I've sort of given him the side eye over the last few years and mm-hmm. you know didn't like him as a player. And so the fact that he has transformed his game a little bit and become a very valuable player, I appreciate But I I went with uh Montrez as well, just because when you watch the Clippers play and when you see how effective they can be at, at moving him around and all the things that he can do as a small ball center who also can act like a bully center who, who, can, who just gets garbage points. And he's even well extended it, his range a little well, bit Well, not this only year. that,
1: he is a great base, you know, called ISO, face-up, whatever. You, you know, I thought, uh, and I don't remember exactly the way the doc put it, but he basically said it used to be Montrez needed Lou to be Montrez. Now Montrez is just Montrez and then, you know, Lou can make him better, but he doesn't need to be running pick and roll with Lou Williams to, to be a dominant force.
0: That's true. He's really de- uh, sort of developed uh, his extended his range a
2: whole lot. So, um, you know what, very accountable in that locker room guys early on when things weren't going that well and everyone's like, "Oh no, no, we'll get there." And he's like, "No, we need to get there now. Everybody needs to stop talking about how we're going to work our way in and get there. Let's get there now, guys. Let's get you know, there." I'm <laughs> not
0: sure that everybody on the <laughs> roster felt that was the issue. or in the front office <laughs>
2: but, or in the coaching staff. But I think that's interesting, Jackie. He did. He did say it. Me. Um, they loved it, you know. and they loved it. The front office, no matter what they say, that's what you want. I don't. Th- I don't know if Doc loved it.
1: <laughs> mm, Doc made it pretty clear he wasn't thrilled with it. Yeah, yeah, but you
2: know what? That's that. Na- that was then. See, yeah. You got to get now. You look back. What do you want? What do you want out of your guys? You want accountability.
1: Well, and you also want a very efficient eighteen plus points and seven rebounds per game. Is what you listen.
2: Want. I can tell you a lot of players that Doc wasn't very happy with. That he looks back now and just <laughs> punches about. So let me just right. tell you. Let's start right. with Rondo, Rajon Rondo, at the top of the list. By the way, right?
0: That is the, the
2: only thing I don't like.
0: Guards and coaches. They like each other better when they're
2: former. Right. You know, Except the the only him yeah, I and Chris Paul, do they still – I don't know if they'll ever like each other. Maybe not. You know what? I saw them having
1: a very pleasant conversation after a uh, playoff well, game in Golden yeah. State last year.
2: They're professionals. You know, they're professionals. Uh,
1: um, the one thing I don't like about Montrez Harrell is oftentimes he'll put his grill in before he does post-game media, and you can't understand what the hell he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> So so he doesn't
0: have the uh, number one all interview team, is what you're saying? Well, he's a good quote, but
1: I—it's like it takes a while to transcribe because you gotta.
0: I'll tell you what—I wonder if he—you know—we have uncertainty with this free agent situation. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of guys who are could be free agents that I now think are about 99.9% to opt in. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I would advise Gordon Hayward to opt in. I'd advise you know uh, you know Schroeder to opt in, not Schroeder. Um, Fournier to opt in. Tell me, Tim example.
1: Hardaway Jr. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's like a gang of six or seven. You know, Anthony Davis. I think mm, makes idea. makes sense for him. Maybe depending what happens with the salary cap, I think it still makes sense for him to sign a new contract. But I would not sign.
2: The long one. I would sign a short one. Nah, he is bad for the Lakers. You know what, too? Remember how everyone was like, what is Bradley Beal doing? Turns mm, out Bradley Beal's yeah. not so bad off, is he? Yeah. Um,
0: actually, that was a strategy of, um, you know, Bradley Beal is the same agent as uh, Joe Ingalls, and they both signed, sort of signed one-year extensions. Um, they didn't obviously couldn't have predicted the coronavirus, but they didn't like the, they didn't like the idea of being a free agent this summer. Yeah, and uh, and the same agent also represents Gordon Hayward, which is why all along, I, even before this, I felt Hayward was he was picking up that option. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, most improved player. Every year, this is one of those awards where there's a whole bunch of candidates, and one mm-hmm. of the reasons is because it's difficult to define. Some people say, look, you shouldn't give a second or third year player most improved because. That's, you know, all, well, not all, but it's the normal progression that you improve in your second or third year. Uh, other people say that shouldn't matter. Some people say that this it, is not really um, an award for stars. It's more of an award for role players who move into the star category. Uh, some people say, you know, you, you can't win it two years in a row, or, you know, once you win it one year, can you win it the next year? You know, this is Pascal Siakam right. is the thing. So, um, Jackie, do you have a, a hard and fast way that you
2: look at this award? Well, so we'll see what my pal Tim thinks of this. You know, I I know that a lot of people think Luka Doncic has a chance to win this award. Something about that rubs me the wrong way because I think Luka Doncic has a chance to be a generational player and somehow that doesn't fit most improved. And then I say to myself, well, why not? Why excluding him? Because he's going to be a great player. So um, I think your your point is a good one, Brian. I, most of the candidates that I have on my list for this year are younger players. Doncic, uh, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, who made a huge leap, mm-hmm. but also switched teams in order to make that leap. Same thing with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, my preseason pick for most improved player, who did just that. You mentioned Siakam. Such an interesting, uh, you know, Yeah, I mean, Siakam cool. last year went from, like, fifth starter
0: to – major contributing role player wins most improved
2: and then this year he's all-star well that's it so he's (laughs) a legitimate mechanic and then also i really think you 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 know do you look at jason tatum as a most see tatum is a classic situation right so tatum last year had a disappointing year
0: so he kind of just sort of rejoined the the upswing that he was expected to
2: have so do you do you deduct points, right? For that <laughs> Tatum's
1: where you thought he'd be in year three. He did, it just yeah. wasn't a linear route to it.
2: Exactly, okay, but but let me ask you: Did you think like I think Tatum has a chance to make third team All NBA this year? He, yeah, I, I definitely. And think so he did does. you think that? And
1: I definitely think Siakam does too. By the way.
2: He does. I don't know if they will. I don't think both of them can. One or the uh, other. I, I See, think if I'm um, not. I didn't mention Devontae Graham either. By the way, Devontae Graham was another player that took a big leap. I should mention. Yeah, now. and Devontae Graham but again, went from a, a nobody second,
1: to a twenty-point per game guy. But again, but a lot that's
2: right. a second-year
0: player. I mean, granted, he's he was great. I mean, he, I don't know. It's I, I don't know. There, there's the rules are are weird on this. Okay, so Jackie, which, which well, there's no rules.
1: It's up to your interpretation. Well,
2: right. You <laughs> know, I I ended up. I think. Putting Brandon Ingram number
1: one. Okay. I think it's a good candidate, but I want to hear your – Yeah, so
2: I think part of it, my my thought process with Brandon Ingram was, I think there was a lot of dysfunction last year in Los Angeles. Some – you know, everybody has to play a part in that, everyone who was on that roster. He went to a situation that I think for his personality made a lot better sense. I think he has said as much. I think he settled into a young team that struggled quite a bit uh so i maybe that's points against him but he emerged as a player that i think we all thought he could be or is on his way to being i don't know we can say for, for sure that he's there yet um that we thought when the lakers drafted him that he could be and i thought he had a really fine season and uh and so i you know Bam out of bios. These guys are all good choices. I'm I'm biased, so I just have to stop talking about him (laughs) because I'm biased, and I know I am. And Doncic, I just – it's not that I don't think he improved immensely. Of course he did. I just feel like he doesn't – and I know it's wrong. I'm guilty of this, but I just – I don't know that this award makes sense for me to put – I mean, I think Doncic is going to be a superstar, you know? He is,
1: he is a superstar, and, and but I agree with you.
2: Luca. he was supposed
1: to take the step into bona fide all-star this year, and he took the step into superstar. I mean, he's, a, he's an MVP candidate. So he improved more than anticipated, but I do – like, he was a star as a rookie. And so I, I – I, now, the argument for him is it's more difficult to make the leap from – you know, really good player to MVP candidate, then from solid role player to, to All Star. But man, Bam Adebayo made that leap from. You know, he was a good, solid role player. He was he was a nice player in, in his first couple of years. To, I mean, an All Star on a on a really good playoff team. A guy he almost doubled his scoring. Now his minutes went up, but not they didn't double. He almost doubled his scoring. His rebounding went way up. He more than doubled his assists. He's, he's a much the, better shake. Yeah, he's the defensive anchor on that team. I mean, you know, he's, he's an offensive, you know, focal point, more so as a, as a distributor screener who also gives you 16 efficient points per game. I thought Bam Adebayo made the biggest leap that wasn't, and, and Whiteside moving on certainly gave him more opportunity, but I thought right. his leap was more about uh, his improvement than about circumstances changing.
0: So, yeah. what's your ballot? I'm confused. is my guy. Okay, so the difficulty I had here was, you know, Brandon Ingram had a special. uh, First off, he took an explosion in shooting. He did shooting. His shooting just exploded. I mean, not just from range, but like all, he became like an elite, top ten free throw shooter.
2: Yeah, he's shooting um, 85% from the floor after shooting 65% the year before. You mean from the line? From the, from
1: line. the line. Sorry, what did I yeah, say? He was shooting 85% uh, but
2: from the, the floor. And he, he also a went rate. from a, a terrible three-point shooter to a almost 39% three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, yeah and the, a and the high-volume guy doing that. Yeah. And and, and I don't know. He just I felt like he, he was very consistent. And I know the team wasn't great. And, you know, do we factor that in? Uh, I guess – some do. I don't necessarily. I just think Brandon Ingram became this year what we thought he had a chance to be, and and you know with his health and the blood clots and everything else last year and everything. That's, that's what I was going
0: to say. You know, he was facing an immense pressure. Right. There were people that you know, you know, there was uncertainty because you know the blood clot thing is very scary. Of course. If you, you know, if you have a second one, it's it's your career's on the line, and. Uh, and so he had, you know, and he was playing in, a, in his contract year to, you know, to basically you know, whether he's going to make the money, the big money or not. And, I mean, he really delivered. And, and so I love Adebayo. And I think, you know, he's in the way he plays. There's just not many people like him.
2: And He's got a motor. He's got the, he's got the Siakam motor. And, yes. Uh,
0: but I just, I just have to give Ingram... Sort of award him extra points, if you will, for everything he went through. Basically, dumped by his by his team. You know, get out of here. And um, I mean, so they I, did
1: get something decent in return. So.
0: I know, but still, he you know he thought he was going to be that guy, and they you know they shipped him out. So um, Ingram and Adebayo, uh at the top of my list. I really didn't do a third, but I mean, it feels weird to put Doncic third. You know,
1: because like, if you're going consider- to be third on your MVP ballot, maybe. Yeah,
0: right? I mean, so I, I don't think I would, I don't know who I'd put third. Uh, I guess maybe Pascal, out of respect.
2: but um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, had a very, very nice leap also. He did. That's I mean, true. I a Graham second
1: did player. go from a guy nobody heard from to a 20-point per game. You, you know what? Not the, efficiently, uh, Yeah, I know. That's awesome. You, you could say that as well. Um,
0: All right, so let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I will start on this one. Um. Last year, I really, really struggled on this one, and I elected to go with Giannis last year. And this year, Giannis, uh, you know, the Bucks are on pace for like 69, 70 wins. Uh, who knows whether they'll get a chance at it. They are the number one defensive team by a touchdown. Um, then the best defensive player on that team is Giannis, and he's number one in uh, ESPN defensive RPM. and he's you. No, in defense, oh, that's oh. right. Uh, uh, Rudy is number one. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah, I think Johnson uh, is actually. I looked this up. I think he's three. Okay, let me double um, check. Cause um, I think Horace,
2: I think all the way to three. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So it's uh, Gobert. And that's Beverly, because he doesn't Williams.
2: play as many. I have many theories on that. But anyway, continue. Yeah.
0: Yes. So anyway, um, I'm going with him again, and uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned Rudy's number one. Rudy's dominant defensively. Uh, you look at. The season that Le- I mean, I can't really put LeBron, you know, way up there. But like LeBron has had his best defensive season in six or seven years. He should be on the All Defensive Team. LeBron's for the first fourth in oh, defensive
1: no. RPO. Yeah,
2: um, but I don't think he's even in the top five of defensive player of the year. Well, I know. I'm just saying though. Like I'm, I mean, Anthony a, Davis, obviously. Yes, Anthony, Anthony Davis is a, Lopez, a candidate. Um, ben Simmons. W's, Ben our Simmons boy, was amazing this year. Our boy defensive. out of bios in that conversation. Yeah. It just said it. Brooke Lopez. But I'm telling you, Ben Simmons has has had an unbelievable defensive year. No one ever talks about it because everybody's too busy talking about the fact he can't shoot threes. He leads the league in steals, but it's mo- it's more than that. When he's out and I don't have him, and I wish I did. You think I'd be better prepared, but I'm not. I apologize. Uh the the splits with him on the floor, off the floor, what their defensive rating is. He's an elite defensive player that should be in this conversation. I also chose Giannis to win this award with A D second. But I think Ben Simmons gets overlooked and he shouldn't.
1: I stuck I stuck with Gobert. I don't feel great about it. Um he is, you know, defensive RPM. He is the leader by uh, by a wide margin. I mean, That's true, he is. The difference between him is the difference between the second guy and I'm not real good at math on the fly, but like second and tenth or something like that. Um, you know, he did have more defensive responsibility this year just because of the way they restructured that roster. But the Jazz slipped significantly defensively this year. And if I'm being real honest about it, Rudy did not play well after the All-Star break. And so, you know, the argument lost a lot of steam there. So again, he'd be first on my ballot, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't consider it any kind of grave injustice if if well, he didn't Well, the, win the Jazz
0: award. were so up and down this year; it's really hard to get an idea of, of who they
1: are. are. Yeah. Another thing so. I thought, and and look. You know, the whole Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell thing, if you think that's all about coronavirus, you're, that's not true. Do I, I you have something
0: think, else you want to say
1: about that? Well, I think that Rudy lets his frustration with not getting the ball, in particular not getting lobs when he thinks he's open, impact his energy on the defensive end way too much, way too much for a guy who's paid a lot of money primarily to be the most dominant defense player in the league. And he pouts way too much. And so I think that... So wait,
2: why did you vote for him, dude? On, <laughs> because he's I'm calling dom- shenanigans on because you. You're making, you're making the case for us why we shouldn't vote for him. No,
1: well, look, because he's still the most dominant defensive force in the league is why I voted for him. That doesn't mean he's above criticism. And it doesn't mean that I can't recognize that he wasn't as dominant this year as he was in, in the previous two years when he won the award. And we got off to a, into a tangent over, you know, what might be, you know, some of the, the roots of the discontent there. And I, I think that, you know, Rudy sometimes worries too much about stats and status. And I think Donovan sometimes, you know, is a is a black hole offensively. And I think there was some kind of passive aggressiveness that had been bubbling on both sides. And, you know... The coronavirus positive test donovan for whatever reason has decided to kind of take a stand with that
2: all i'm going to say tim is i trust you implicitly on the jazz because you've seen them more than i have so i would trust your opinion on this and yet the defensive player of a year to me by definition is someone that is giving a maximum effort on the defensive end and you just told me that your vote is a guy that pouts occasionally because of all these outside factors I can't vote for that guy.
1: I well, won't hold that against you, Jackie.
2: Thank you, Tim. Um,
0: by the way, Anthony Davis, defensive RPM ranks 33rd overall. Yeah,
1: and LeBron ranks fourth. That's and again, that's not a that's it's a metric. It's not the end all be all. I know. I know, mean, I'm, you know defensive I'm
2: just, statistics I've been told time and time again are the most misleading statistics of yeah. all. It's the one. If you watch Anthony Davis analytics,
0: if you watch Anthony Davis and his ability to, to challenge shots from all over the place, it impacts the impact of defense. Right. You. Agreed. know looking at. By the way, just um, real
1: quick, can I say something? Yeah. Chris Taps Porzingis next season has a chance to be a defense player of the year candidate. If he's a full-time center, which he, all indications are he will be, he's got a chance.
0: All right, we'll, we'll remember that. Play this that. Um, from now. We will play this back. All right, Coach of the Year. This is a tough one.
1: I don't think it is.
0: Well, I know who I'm picking, but I think there's a lot of good candidates.
1: I think there's a lot of good candidates, and I think there's one who's clear-cut above the rest. All right, and you've taken the the joystick? Go for it. He won a championship last year. He did. He lost the finals MVP and the lone superstar on that team. And And they've been banged up. And they've been banged up all year. They've been banged up, and the Toronto Raptors are... What I uh, the number two team in the Eastern Conference they were on pace to win way over fifty games, and Nick nurse is the i mean he is, look the one time I went to Toronto this year they're down thirty in the fourth quarter. he throws a full court press at the Mavericks who by the way are coached by a guy who's got some skins on the wall Rick Carlisle, completely befuddled the Mavericks with this full court press and and pull out a win you know storming back from 30 points down. And, you know, it's four – I mean, every little – you call some Harry High School stuff, whatever. Full court presses, box of one, triangle into – like, he throws – he's got every trick in the book and knows exactly – it just has a great feel for when to do these kind of, you know, very unconventional in the NBA type of things. And, you know, we talked about Pascal Siakam, his – you know, most improved, most, you know, potential repeat there. I, I think you got to credit the coaching staff for the way that they're developing guys. I think, to I think he's
0: used six different uh, undrafted players. I mean, one of them is Fred Van Vliet, so, okay, you know, that's not exactly... That
1: shouldn't count, but... Well, but, you know. but he's developed, and, you know, the the, the Chris Boucher is on, on, on that yeah. roster. Uh, the Terrence Davis is... So, again, I, I want to say something guy. I said
0: a couple of weeks ago, which is Toronto has a gem there. Maybe they knew... I mean, they hired him. They liked him, so they hired him. But he's even more uncovered how good he is. So I would highly, adv- I would highly advise getting him under contract. Yeah. Because the last thing you want him to do because he's got one. I think he's got one year left after this year. They signed him to a a classic first time coach minimal leverage contract. Um, take care of him.
2: Lock and him down. And By and the way, guys, beat out Mike Budenholzer for that job. Chew on that for a minute. Well,
0: uh, where's Bud in your coaching uh, rankings? Because I mean, and I'm voting for a Nurse. I would vote. I'm going yeah. to vote for a Nurse. Um, where's Bud in your coaching rankings, Jackie? Uh, they're the number one defensive team. They're like the top five offensive team. They're okay, sniffing around the 70-win pace. Kept all these guys' minutes down. Um, yeah. You know, the roster got retrofitted a little bit, and he's had to move around some pieces.
2: Yeah, and we never we never vote for the front runners, do we? We never vote for the guys that are expected to win. That's always the that's the you know the coach of the year for many for a long time was the death knell. You won coach of the year and then you got <laughs> fired. You know, that's yeah. you see, you don't have to look very far back. Pat Riley, it happened to. Um, so Bud's definitely in there. You know, I do think I want to um, acknowledge Frank Vogel too because mm-hmm. I know he got you know made, he got this great player to join him, but. Guys, look at the personalities on that team. People LeBron, thought he was going to be uh, undercut by uh, right. Jason but, Kidd you know, 15 minutes into the season. Rondo, Dwight Howard, Javelle McGee, and Frank Vogel. I mean, and LeBron. You, well, I mentioned LeBron first. And, yeah. and, and all of these personalities, and, and you know that behind closed doors it hasn't been easy. You just know it. But have you heard one peep Zick. about. Dysfunction. So I give, I, I give Frank Vogel. I'm going to vote for And, and, and I'm there, telling
1: you, Frank. I think defensively, Frank Vogel's is you know you have to look. Is there some good talent there? Obviously, but he's a great defensive coach.
2: Yeah, he deserves
0: a ton. All right, what about Billy Donovan, who um, <laughs> he lost his two best players? Yep. yep. Granted, they brought it. It wasn't like they they walked away for nothing. They
1: brought in right. dudes. But a rebuilding year, we think, and there he is. They're right in the thick of things in the West. By the way, I think.
2: How about Spolstra too? As
0: long as we're talking about contracts, I think unless there's like been some extension that hasn't been announced, I think Billy Donovan's at the end of his deal. Unless I'm unless I'm making a mistake, I think he's near the end of his deal. Um, So keep an eye on that as well. Um, Yes, Spolstra. uh, If you look at what Spolstra's done. The way that team has has operated, this is you know Spolster seems like he does a good job every year. I feel like he's right. a top yeah. candidate on this for every year. But um, but so Jackie, you, you went with Nurse too, so I guess that's really
2: I, yeah. I guess it's, How could you not? I mean, uh, because, I, I guess it's not I that, that close. Yeah, I,
1: I think we we've mentioned some other candidates. I also think at least for an honorable mention, Taylor Jenkins and Memphis. Nobody yeah. thought they'd be competing oh, for a playoff spot. You know
2: what? Um, if we're going to do honorable mentions, and um, I, I try not to be a homer, but what Brad Stevens has done with a team that everybody thought, well, you took away, Hor- you took away Irving, and, and people went back and forth on whether that was addition by subtraction. But when they lost Horford, everybody said, well, that, it's over for these guys. Yeah. And it hasn't been. It hasn't been at all. Well, and, the, and, and if we're in the played-
1: try not to be homer category of honorable mentions, I will mention Rick Carlisle. Uh, people thought, well, maybe the Mavericks can compete for a playoff spot this year. You know, they were on pace to be close to 50 wins. And, and I'll say this, the best thing that Rick did was he got the hell out of Lupa's way, which when you're dealing with an ego like Rick Carlisle's, it's, you know, that's pretty significant. Uh, Brian, do you, do you, yes. want, do you want to mention Beeline to join this not a homer club? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man uh no i will not do that i mean uh no i will not you know
1: i, I didn't even speak is, to it, is it Mulan, minnesota's sure. closest to nebraska though but yeah that's uh, true and uh, uh, Ryan a hard Saunders. Time there, too
0: yeah not going to be getting votes all
1: right uh i want to talk about
0: executive before we talk about the mvp i want to take now the media does not vote on executive of the year it's voted on by uh the organization has one vote and they can't vote for your own guy um this, to me, is going to be an interesting one. Uh, you got a lot of candidates in my mind, primarily because there was a lot of big, giant trades made that looked like they favored both sides. So,
1: like, you look at the Lakers,
0: you know, <laughs>
1: that, uh, Rob Palenka
0: did a terrific job. Wow. that.
1: Team. There's no question Rich Paul deserves executive of the
2: year.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Rich Paul might deserve agent of the
2: year. Rich Paul might deserve agent of the year. I think this is an easy call. I think it's Sam Presti. I think this is an easy mm-hmm. executive of the year, Sam Presti. I really do. So,
0: so let me just say that if you, if one year ago today, at the end of last regular season, you told, I mean, maybe he knew. I think I think they knew that there was a possibility that Paul George wasn't going to play out that contract um, in Oklahoma City, and. They had to keep an eye on Westbrook, so maybe if you got into his heart of hearts, he knew he may have to trade one of them. But the idea that he would have to trade both of them Untrucible. in a, well, a three-day span—if you have to trade
1: one, you have to trade both.
0: I mean, it, that's the way it if ended it, up. That's the way it ended up. But that was only because Paul George asked to be traded. That yeah, um, it was only
1: because Paul George did the Thunder the biggest favor he could have done. the The, the worst thing they could have done is. Kept trying, kept trying, and then you can't – but for – Paul George allowed the Thunder to package him with Kawhi Leonard, essentially. He right. wasn't – he didn't just get to trade Paul George to the Clippers. He got to trade Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, despite never owning Kawhi Leonard's rights, and get back a massive haul with a guy you can build around, Gildas Alexander, a really good player, a really good starter in Galinari, a huge package of picks – and then, you know, for Westbrook, you can argue Chris Paul had a better year than Westbrook. And then obviously the the, the picks. I mean, phew.
0: well, that is true. Sam Presti was in a historically massive leverage position with Paul George. I mean, you never want to trade a star, but, um, you know, he did, you know, although it was tenuous because one of the things that was a big factor in that whole thing was the threat of the Lakers. Because if if the Lakers weren't as much of a threat, if the Lakers had made the Anthony Davis trade and therefore used their cap space and were not able to sign Kawhi, the, the leverage that Kawhi had on the Clippers would have diminished to a certain extent. Now he obviously could have said, I'm so I'm gonna go back to Toronto. Yeah. But there was a narrowing of the window there um, that Presti had to negotiate. And also he had to apply apply the screws and not back down. And if he didn't get the package he wanted, I'd love to know the package that he asked for. Right. Um, Right. Because uh, he seemed like he extracted all you could possibly
1: I mean, the only thing I guess he could have asked for, like, a Montrezl Harrell or something on top of all that, I don't know. But you know what?
2: So think about what we're saying here. He had a gun to his head to trade a franchise player, because I think Paul George is a franchise player, and another one. Russell Westbrook, the face of your franchise, and everyone said, "Okay, good." And you got a great haul, so they'll be good in the future. Well, no, right. they were good this year. Yeah. I know they were good this year, and they are set up. Is there another uh, team that's better set up for the future than
1: New Orleans? New Orleans? Is the one that I would that I would put in that conversation. Okay, because well, you know when you talk but to about me, that's by, Zion, but but Angel, here's the thing. All, um, all those picks,
0: but here's the thing: like those picks, we don't know what they're going to be. Like. How do you evaluate Lawrence Frank? Lawrence Frank acquired two top, what, 12 true. NBA players? No, true. he's my runner-up. Uh, runner because, you know, yes, uh, those pick, you know, it's nice to have those picks on your shelf over there, and they look nice and they, they buy you time. But, you know, Lawrence Frank was the guy that, tra- that acquired two All-Stars.
2: Right. I still but. had the team aligned to be okay. to terrifically built around them. I, I don't disagree with you, but here's why I picked Sam over Lawrence Frank, who, by the way, I adore and did a fantastic job. Here's the difference. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to Lawrence Frank's team. It's the opposite of what Sam Presti was dealing with. He had a guy that wanted to leave his team. Lawrence Frank was trying to maneuver a way to get two players that wanted to come to his team, which mm-hmm. do you think is more difficult?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and you know what? I think that we've got he also to had the whole previous year to prepare whereas Sam was trying to, you know, that, that the team yeah. had to totally switch yeah. gears. I think we've
1: got to give Pat Riley and, and the Heat front office yeah. at least a, a shout-out. When you talk about getting Jimmy Butler, yeah. you know, the savvy move to pick up Kendrick Nunn there late, the way that they, had, you know, stashed and developed Duncan Robinson. Um, you know, His Adebayo
0: pick looks pretty good.
1: Right, depending so, on how, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I, you could say, well, Nunn and – robinson were last year but still
0: also I mean, the uh, andre godalla trade to clear off their books that trade oh my gosh not only cleared their books but it also lowered they were also hard capped this year so and they didn't, the didn't have much newer books it lowered, it
2: lowered some, their I, payroll i can't believe that yeah that is the best part of that trade well and it's funny because
1: i loved everything zach Kleiman had done as the Grizzlies' uh, shot caller, as their top, uh, you know, personnel boss in his first year. And, until that, and I, and it, I've, you know, they 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 are convinced Justice Winslow is going to be a star. They, they you know, they weren't. Maybe he will. They Maybe. weren't going to be aggressive. Healthy, this summer, like he can justify it. Um, but I didn't like that deal at all for Memphis. After, so, I thought they right, did great with Conley, and I thought you know, that, that deal – Yes, Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark, I mean –
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the Iguadala trade, yeah. All right, so your vote, Jackie, is Sam Presti. Yeah, uh, your
2: vote, McMahon. I – Come on, didn't I talk you into this?
1: I think Wendy made a better presentation for – Lawrence Frank.
0: You know what? But here's the thing. Uh, Jackie talked to me into the Presti I, because, I yeah. because well, then either way, my the votes relevant. Because <laughs> the key is that Lawrence Frank had a year to put the pieces in place, whereas Presti had to adjust on the fly, and he hit a, and he hit all the targets. So I'm probably going to go Presti one, Lawrence Frank two. But I, I mean, I, Rob Palenka. Let me tell you something about Rob Palenka. While I have criticized them for overpaying for Anthony Davis, and I stand by that because there was no other place for Anthony Davis to go. Rich Paul mm. paired everybody out and forced him to the Lakers. Uh, when the Knicks bowed out of, out of the bidding, it was only going to be the Lakers. He had to sit there and on July 4th had three players on his roster and like 30 free agents that they would have been interested in mm. were gone. And he had to have plans C-D-E-F-G lined up and he built a team that was number one in the West. And so um, – uh, you know it, riley, it's tough to get
1: guys to, t- to talk guys into playing for the lakers when i LeBron and is, AD. i know
0: I, I probably go riley number three over Polinka, but i think Polinka needs to be
1: Shout out and then, david and griffin he, too because if yeah, you're saying if you're saying he had, he overpaid for ad david griffin's the guy who got him dude i, I know i guess i can't and, i guess i way, can't i guess i can't put him ahead of Griff. if we'd had this conversation july 1st we certainly would have mentioned sean marks uh that's a big TBD on the on the Kyrie yeah. KD yeah, not uh, DeAndre Jordan package deal.
0: All right, we're running out of time. MVP. Giannis. I think it's going to be Giannis, and I don't think it's going to be close. Yep. Um, and uh, I think LeBron's going to be a strong two. Like I think you could see mm-hmm. it will not be unanimous for Giannis, but it will be almost unanimous. I think, and I think it will be almost unanimous
1: for LeBron at two. I agree. Uh, I agree. And and for a while, I thought it was a four-horse race. And Luka got hurt a couple times. Uh, and, and Harden really kind of, you know, Harden had a pretty extended shooting slump. I mean, Harden's efficiency really tailed off in the second half of the season.
2: Jackie? So I tell you, yeah, I got to tell you, I grappled with this a lot. Um, wow. Okay. I really did. I just thought LeBron was exceptional in every single he was. phase of the game. And his leadership – and his the way he handled himself. Um, and, you know, I was, as you know, very critical of him last year for the very same things, for not handling himself in the way. I thought he was exceptional this year. He played hard every single night. He put up great numbers. He was unselfish yet. He was forceful. Um, he surprised me with how I, – I wasn't one of those people that thought, oh, he's falling off the cliff. I never thought that. Uh, so – I guess in the end, I vote for Giannis, but I, I don't think it was as easy for me to vote for Giannis as maybe for both of you. I really. I, I really points. Under, I can understand why 14 would vote. rebounds. No, I know. Six I know. assists I know. in
1: 31 yeah. minutes. You're yeah. voting for him, Defense Player of the Year, Jackie. And defense. And, yeah, and, right. I hear you. And, I hear you. You know, best, you. best record.
2: No, I know. I, I'm voting for Giannis, but I'm telling you, LeBron deserves. A really long long look longer than he's getting is I guess what well,
0: I mean I, mean, uh, I, 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 I agree I, I sort of said it fast I mean but I've, I was watching it for weeks
1: LeBron's going to get all the LA votes let's be honest like he is it but it'll be I bet you it'll be about a 65-35 split overall can I uh, can I, so, ask yeah, I don't,
0: no this? I don't not think I don't yes
1: uh, if this is the one that seems like if the regular season concluded as planned, would have been the most hotly contested. If the Lakers caught the Bucks and were the overall number I, one seed, would that have changed anyone's opinions? I think very well it could have. If well, the other it, thing it, it is on a remember, crazy kick.
0: Giannis got hurt at the end of the season. At the end of the, you know, he was he he tweaked his knee in that in that game against uh, the Lake. Was it was yeah. it the Lakers game or, or the game it? before that?
1: was against the Lakers, I believe.
0: Um, I don't know how that would affect, how that would have affected him.
1: Um, I'll say this though. There was, there was an instant overreaction because LeBron got the best of him of Giannis in that game that, Oh, Hey, this is, this is a race. And, and I thought that was silly because it's a seasonal award. And just like Giannis outplaying him in the first game, like it's, you know,
0: well, look, Tim Bontemps and I think the Washington post both did straw polls and, uh, Bontemps did one, I think it was in February or um, December or January, and Giannis was way out in front. It had tightened a little bit, but was still overwhelming. Um, look, maybe if the Lakers overtake them for the number one seed and LeBron finishes, like LeBron is known for finishing very, very strongly. Um, maybe it gets to sixty five thirty five. but but... Um, Based on the straw polls, and those were done of uh, this wasn't just people on the street, this was the actual people who would be voting. Giannis was a big time leader in both of those both of those polls, so um, that's kind of the reason I'm saying that I think Giannis will win it comfortably. But I do I don't I do not think it'll be 65 35. I think it'll be heavier, but we'll see. Um, the other thing is is that. LeBron doesn't just compete against who is his competitor, he competes against himself from the past. That has that has weighed him down. Now he hasn't been at the very top of the he wasn't at the very top of the MVP race last year, so he's a bit removed. But he certainly was his last year in Cleveland. I argue this last year in Cleveland. Um, he uh was only, was one of the best seasons of his career, not defensively it was maybe the worst
1: well and the, and the other thing is when when you're looking at m v p anthony Davis is probably ends up on some ballots you know I no, he will he ends, be on
0: ballots yeah a he'll lot be of, on ba- you know
1: he'll be so he's you know i don't like he's a a fringe m v p candidate but he's he's a an m v p candidate so where like, there's no other guy anywhere near that stratosphere on the bucks now. People say, "Yeah, the Bucks play in the East, but still."
2: Let me ask you this, Brian: Is is LeBron like Jordan was, where when you know Jordan, when uh, like Barkley won in '93, he was gonna you know take names and got to do it in the finals, and then like when Malone won in '97, same thing, got to take names in the finals. You know, does he? Um, does he? You know, if if he thinks he's been wronged in a vote like that, is he does he focus on the person that got the award instead of him? Like is does he think that way, I wonder?
0: Yes, but um I don't think he needs that. I don't think it's like Jordan who likes has to search for that edge. Um Like
2: so like the year that like Derrick Rose won, did he think he should have won? Did yes. He, yeah, the year Durant yes. won did yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. The one I mean, year
0: he finished third uh I think it was the year Harden won and Kawhi finished second. And he was, he agreed that Harden should win, but it bothered him that Kawhi finished ahead of him.
2: Yeah, that was 2017 uh, 18. That was not that yeah, long ago.
0: Yeah, a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, he thinks he probably should have six or seven.
2: Okay. Um, I wondered. Yeah. The best you know, guys usually do, you know? You, know, you
0: I, know, I mean, I don't know if he would ever say that publicly, but I mean, I, I just know from having, been there when he. I mean, I could. I remember. I remember the night that he pretty much conceded the MVP to Derrick Rose. It, I don't know why I remember this, but it was in. Um, it was in. The Heat were in Minnesota. It was like a an April visit to Minnesota, and I remember being in that locker room and him basically saying, "I think it was off the record at the time." He basically saying. I've got to pay my penance. Uh, the media is mad at me. Everybody's mad at me. I've got to pay my penance. My, my penance. Derrick Rose was spectacular that year. The Bulls were 3-0 and against the Heat, won 60 games. And there was like 15 games where Derrick Rose like won the game in the, with greatness in the last two minutes. Um, I don't necessarily agree that that's, that that's the case. I will tell you this. The next two seasons were the two most dominant seasons of
2: LeBron's career when he won the next two MVPs. So whatever but, that's but, worth. But, I mean, I, you know, that's not why people vote for him or not vote for him. It's just not. I mean, you can like someone, dislike someone. That, that I mean, I think Carl – I love Carl Anthony Towns, but I didn't vote for him for All-NBA Third Team last year, and it upset him greatly. But I, that doesn't mean I don't think he's a wonderful person. I happen to think he's a wonderful person. And, by the way, condolences to his family, of course, for at this sure. terrible time. Nice. Um, and I just think – you know, one of the like everyone thinks it's so great to have our job, but it's really hard sometimes when you make these votes and you make these choices and sometimes they cost players a ton of money in the case of Carl Anthony Towns, in the case of, you know, other players that have been left off, Clay Thompson being one of them probably. So, yeah, you know, Clay, I, I just, Clay like,
0: costs, Yeah, I I so, got to tell you. I had I felt bad about I've never seen Clay Thompson play better. Uh uh you know, I i followed the Warriors last year, rounds two, three, four. I've never seen Clay Thompson play better than he was playing in the playoffs last year, and
2: um I well, talked so to Steve about
0: this and um yeah, I mean it was already in and uh I left him off. I think mm. uh I, I think I considered him for my last spot and I put Westbrook in third team instead of him. And uh it did cost him money. Yeah. Um he didn't have a very good first half of the year shooting the ball by his standards, but uh, yeah. felt bad about that. But uh, he'll
1: still be able to pay do. his bills. But it's I know, and he, he wasn't but mad but about. You that. didn't
2: fail to vote for Clay Constance because you didn't like him or you were mad at him. I mean, that's nobody just, could. That's, nobody could not like Clay. No, I know. That, I'm, um, I'm just saying that's just not how it works. Um,
0: um, all right. Well, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, we'll see how it all works out. I wonder if we're going to be doing another one of these or this is going to be the data that we have. If we. Hope that we can uh do it again in a few months. Um, All right. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We will talk to you next week.